So you may have been hearing me talk recently about my new course, Scale Your Way. I released it earlier this year in 2024. And if you have not gone through the course individually or inside of my community, Web Designer Pro, you are in luck because I have distilled some of the most important topics and highlights in that course into a free masterclass for you. And it is going to help you and give you the clear roadmap in order to build and scale up your web design business in a way that works for you. So you can get access to the entire free training at joshhall.co slash scale. Again, it is completely free. It's 50 minutes plus. It is basically a coaching session on scaling that you and I can have together. And I'm going to share with you the top tips, many of which are pulled from the course and it'll give you the roadmap to be able to scale up your business your way. Pick it up today for free at joshhall.co slash scale. Welcome to the Web Design Business Podcast with your host, Josh Hall, helping you build a web design business that gives you freedom and a lifestyle you love. Hey friends, welcome into the show. This is episode 237. And it's just me with you in this one. I wanted to share with you some thoughts around a very, very common web designer trap. And that trap is complaining about your web design clients. And this actually stemmed off of a recent post that I just put up on my Instagram and Facebook as well, which if you're not following me on Instagram or Facebook, you can hit me up both of those places at Josh Hall Co. And I just typed a little note into my phone and took a screenshot of it and shared it. And it said this, if you have yet to follow me on the socials, it says this, web designers with a hand wave, let's stop bitching about our clients and start being thankful that we have a business because of them. Now, I did not think too far into that. I just kind of posted it and shared some thoughts and come to find out this is a very, very hot topic right now. And I say that because I thought maybe I'd get a few likes and a, a few comments, but particularly on the Facebook side of things, I got way more engagement and way more response on this than I thought I was going to, which tells me this is something that a lot of people either needed to hear to be reminded of. Uh, people who are also fed up with hearing other web designers complain about their clients, or some people actually disagreed with me and said, there's a right, like I have a right to be uh, complaining about my clients if they're overstepping boundaries and stuff like that. So first off, I want to say this, as a web designer of over a decade, I understand that side of things. I understand the mentality and I understand being a freelancer and a solopreneur for a very long time. I remember how lonely it felt. And when I was going through a tricky client situation, and unless you have like a group of close colleagues that you vent and are able to share some things with, naturally the first place you go to complain is like another group of web designers. So I am very understanding of that. However, my big message for this episode is to remember that complaining is a trap. And complaining about your web design clients is going to feed into so many negative things in the long run that you may not even be anticipating. For example, luckily I caught myself pretty early on. And I think I had a couple mentors and people who said some things that made me step back and realize like, yes, I should be thankful that I even have clients because I am able to not go to a regular job because I have my clients, even though they're driving me crazy. But I needed to hear that message. And I want to relay that message to you because as soon as I started complaining or venting, and I think those things are probably similar. They might be a little bit different. There's a time and place to like vent something. And then there's, you know, there's the complaining might be a little bit different with venting, but it's still taking challenges with clients and then 
dishing them out publicly or on a forum or somebody else. But the problem with that is I personally found when I did that, suddenly I started resenting clients. And suddenly I started not enjoying showing up for my work. And suddenly I wasn't excited about getting new clients because all I could think about was all the potential challenges and struggles I'd have with them potentially. All those kind of things will happen if you either one off or consistently, especially start complaining about your web design clients. So I can't encourage you enough just to reiterate this post that I posted on my Instagram and my Facebook at Josh Hall Co. If you want to follow me over there. Let's stop bitching about our clients and start being thankful that we have a business because of them. Now, I want to take this a step further in this podcast and share with you a few things you might do to help kind of reduce the the challenges with clients that might make you want to complain. Because again, I understand. I totally understand wanting to complain. But here is a really important thought that dawned on me and as I've met with and and hung out with a lot of web designers who are experienced, a lot of them have come to the same realization that more often than not, it's your fault. And it's our fault as web designers that clients are driving us crazy. Why? Because we have not empowered them. For example, my first tip for like empowering your clients to not complain about them is boundaries this, I can't believe I didn't think about this. It's such a simple thought, but when you're in the business and you're growing things, it's, this isn't something that's widely talked about, but you've got to set communication boundaries. I say, I wanted to make this point number one, because this is the thing that drove me the most crazy. And that was when clients were calling me at like Friday night at like 9 PM or calling me on the weekend or texting me, um, doing all these things that was like way outside of Monday through Friday, nine to five type of situation. But I learned and realized over time that number one, I didn't specify when they should call. And I also didn't specify how they should contact me. So the big point on this one is you need to set your communication boundaries and you need to make sure all of your clients know that. Now, if you've been through my business course and some of the resources I'm continuing to create right now, I'm really recommending that you do this in the like onboarding process. That way, a big part of it is here's how we communicate. Here's when we communicate. So for example, if you want all communications about the project itself, then that's going to go into Basecamp. For example, that's how I did it. And you're welcome to use Basecamp anytime you want. If you're working on for a client, if you're working on website copy and you want to do it Friday night at like 10 PM, by all means, post it in there but I'm not going to respond till Monday. I, I'm sure I'm not alone in having that client that messages you on like Friday at like five and then Monday morning at nine, they're like, Hey, so how, how'd it go? Uh, how did it go? I, it was the weekend. I wasn't working this weekend. Like that is very common. But again, you have to set those communication boundaries. So if you do not want clients calling you, if you don't want clients text, texting you, you need to tell them that, which is why I recommend having your project conversion or uh, conversations inside a place where they should be like Basecamp or Asana, et cetera. Now, email can be fine too, but again, just let clients know I'm only going to respond during my hours. You got to set those communication boundaries because that's what drove me crazy. And then again, it dawned on me that I need to set these communication boundaries. Now, one little point of empathy I might recommend that you think about and remember is that your clients often are not going to be working on their website stuff Monday through Friday during the nine to five window. Why? 
because they are running their business. So it's very, very likely that your clients will be working on their website stuff on weeknights and on weekends. So just remember, like, they may not be workaholics. It's just you're asking for content within like a two week span, for example. And they have two weeks, but they're working nine to five in their job or running their own business. So nights and weekends are when they're working on that. So that to say, it doesn't mean that they should step outside of the communication boundaries, but it just it just is an empowering note to say that you got to be empathetic towards your clients as well. Now, if they want to communicate during those times, what I would do and what I would recommend is if your client absolutely needs to talk to you outside of your normal window, maybe make it like one call every two weeks kind of thing, or a special call, like a special sort of um, project call where they get all their thoughts lined up. And if you need to do it on a Thursday night or something or a Saturday, maybe it's something you pay extra, they pay extra for. I don't know. But if you are going to do something special for them, particularly if it's a really good client, do it, but do it in an organized fashion that has limitations and constraints. So that way, if Saturday is the only time they do have time to go through something, if you need to do it that way, then make sure it is like organized and scheduled and constrained. That way you don't get the calls and the texts on Friday nights and and et cetera. Now, you also may not give out your personal number, which is fine too. They may only have access to you through your email or if it's a business number, potentially something separate from your personal number. So you're always welcome to do that as well. Either way, communication boundaries were the things that absolutely drove me crazy. And it dawned on me that I just didn't tell my clients when and how to contact me. So that was on my, it was my fault. That was on me. That was my fault. We actually talked about this in a podcast episode with one of my dear, awesome colleagues in the web design world, Emma Kate. I would highly recommend um, going back to episode 151. I had Emma on, Emma on and we talked about setting communication boundaries. And this was a large part of it. So episode 151, she is in just a a really incredible mind and has an awesome experience with being a designer and web designer, working with clients and learned a lot about communication and boundaries. So that's episode 151. If you want to go revisit that with Emma Kate, highly recommend that one. And in the case of, let's move on to the next point. I've just got a few points here for you. In the case of like taking that one step further when it comes to what and how to communicate, especially when it comes to content collection, revisions, et cetera. That is where the majority of your struggles and challenges will likely come from. And I'm guessing right now, if you're a little frustrated with clients, it's probably a matter of waiting on content from them. It's probably a matter of you haven't heard from them in a while, or it could be a matter of you've got like, revisions that you're waiting on or some feedback you're waiting on and they just haven't got back to you in the amount of time to get the project done and out the door. Those are most of the the issues. Now, there's a lot of ways to combat these. I talk about this in my business course, but one thing I will say and a free resource for you is I have a whole blog series about client documentation that I used for my clients And I'm going to make sure that's linked in the show notes for this episode at joshhall.co slash 237. But back when I was a a blog author for Elegant Themes, I wrote out all my documentation tips for empowering clients, everything from getting uh, like a getting started page, which has onboarding processes, moving forward page once a project is done, creating custom resources for your clients and like a custom website page for videos if you need those. That's going to be available, uh, again, linked on the show notes for this episode. But either way, 
you need to empower your clients on what to do and how to do it. So for example, with content collection, if you tell your client, send me the content for your website, can you guess what's going to happen? You can probably guess what's going to happen because you might be in the middle of this right now. You're going to be getting a bazillion emails at all times and hours of the day with like three images per email. You're going to get people texting you with like content and stuff. You're going to get people calling you, telling you stuff. You're going to get clients who will send like a PDF or a document that has images in there. I know I'm making all web designer fringe, you know, you're shaking right now, terrified of that prospect. That's what happens. And I learned this because this is what happened to me until I told people, here's how we collect our content, like the written content versus the images. If you have a lot of images, we'll set up separate Dropbox folders per page, that kind of thing. You have got my friends to empower your clients and tell them what to do, when to do it, and often how to do it. So what, when, how, those are the three biggies when it comes to content collection. I do have a a separate podcast episode on this note that I also highly recommend you go back and check out when it comes to content collection. If you're having that struggle, that was episode 57 with one of my good friends, Jimmy Rose of content snare. So Jimmy, another dear friend of mine in the web design space, he actually had such a problem with collecting content that he created Content Snare, a tool to collect content from clients. So go back to episode 57 if you'd like to hear from uh, Jimmy slash James, we call him Jimmy or James, um, about content collection, another great resource for you that dives into that in way more detail. But what, when, how? Those are the biggies when it comes to content collection, revisions, feedback, et cetera. Now, really that and then the communication boundary thing, that should probably get rid of like 90% of the challenges you're having right now that lead to negativity and complaining about your clients. However, the other big one is you may start encountering personality types that you just do not jive well with and are just driving you crazy and then make you want to complain, which I want you to avoid. So the third aspect of this, kind of the big three, the final one here is you got to start funneling. You've got to funnel good clients, like get really good clients to you. Now, You could funnel by industry. We've been talking a lot about niching down. In fact, this week on the podcast, we just talked about counterintuitive ways to niche down, niche down. So this will help with getting better clients because they're going to be, they don't necessarily need to be the same type of person or the same type of personality, but they're going to be probably a, a good client in a variety of different ways. But that does get you to the personality thing, which you could have a client with the exact same type of business in the same industry, but If their personality is challenging, that may be a challenge for you, an issue. So the thing with that is you can also use some of these counterintuitive ways to niche down by personality type. So you might have messaging in your website that's more about like results. So then you might get people who are numbers oriented and results oriented. You may have stuff in your messaging about the type of feeling of a project. Like you want your clients to have fun. You want your clients to have a great experience. You want your clients and and you're a loyal person. You want to be there for them. That may draw different types of people than the numbers people who will work with somebody they don't like just to get a really good result. Those are just a couple of different ideas for you to maybe consider tweaking your message in your website, your messaging in your copy in order to get clients who fit your personality type. And again, you don't need to get the carbon copy of yourself as a client, but 
just remember if you are somebody who does thrive on like really deep relationships and you take things slow and you're loyal and you're more interactive, the person who comes through the door and is like, I just need to know how much this is because we need to turn a profit and we need to get results in three months. Maybe that person isn't actually the best type of person for you to work with. And maybe you're not the best for them and that's fine. So funnel the clients who are good fit clients for you. This is definitely a whole nother episode, but I think the last two episodes of the podcast will really help you when it comes to funneling because it does get into to niching down. So the last episode with Steve Schramm, 236 and 235 with Katie Sandell, um, both of those episodes are great precursors to how to like funnel good clients and, and how to make sure you're getting the best clients for you and your business. All of those things, my friends, will help you with avoiding complaining about your clients. Because again, it's so, it's like planting negative seeds that are just going to spread. And and before you know it, weeks go by, months go by, and you're resenting your clients. And I want you to avoid that. Now I have one final bonus point here. This is perhaps the most important. This bonus point is to expect struggles and challenges with clients. And when they happen, keep record of those and templatize it. So templatize responses to common issues. For example, late payments. Late payments, if you are in business, are going to happen. Late payments or no payments, or if you have any sort of recurring income, you're going to have payments that uh, expire or don't go through. Do not be personally offended by any of that. Just expect that those are going to happen. Expect that, you know, those are going to be issues. So you could do what I did for years and be personally, you know, caught off guard by that and then personally respond. And yeah, you're going to be cool, but you'll find yourself generally getting frustrated as those things tend to mount up and happen over and over again. Or like my friend Emma Kate said in episode 151, what she learned to do was to templatize and create canned responses for things like that. So when a payment is late, you don't think about it. You just send, or you can automate this with a variety of tools too. You could just send, hey, your payment didn't come through. We understand things happen. We have a 30-day window. If the payment doesn't come through, then the project is void and you know your website will go down or something like that. You can literally templatize all of the major struggles that you have with customers and clients so you don't need to complain with them. And the best part is you don't need to think about it. It just, it's the policy. It is what it is. I was actually just having this conversation with somebody in my web design club and that's open to you right now. That, that may change because I'm about to put some filters in place for that. And, uh, anyway, as of right now, at the time of this episode releasing, anyone can join, but I am probably going to make that an application process here soon. But one thing we were talking about in there is somebody was having an issue with a late payment or it was actually a no show. Like they signed on, but they just never paid for this work. And they were like, should I take the site down? What should I do? And we mapped it out to where we basically on that live call created a policy for the business that says, you know, if you don't pay within 30 window, 30 days, that window, then since we built your site and we're maintaining it, the site is going to go down. Now you don't need to necessarily like take the site off the server. In this case, this gal, she was actually hosting them. So they hadn't paid her. So I said, by all means, you have the right to take their site down or at least put up a page that says, 
you know, site down for maintenance. You don't have to say this client won't pay. That's a, that's a dirty move that some web designers have done in the past. I would not recommend that, but you 100% have the right to do that if a client doesn't pay. And in this case, it was templatized. Like we created a template for this. That way, if this happens again for this particular student, she doesn't need to think about it and it doesn't need to be personal. She just, you know, employs the, the policy and that's it. And generally, if you put a landing page up or a maintenance page up, or you take a site down, your client will pay you immediately. Uh, but again, I only recommend doing that if that's the case. But anyway, the point is, if you have the, and when you have these situations, have a plan for it. Now, I understand if you're new to web design, you're probably wondering what plans to have in place. They're going to be tailored to your services and to what you offer. So what I would do, my recommendation to you as your coach in this case, free coaching time, is to keep track of these common issues and then set up a policy form. And, and again, make it standardized that way you don't need to think about it. So I hope that helps. That is, that is the biggie is to expect these struggles, uh, it, whether it's late payments or whether it's no shows and anything like that, just keep track of it. And then that's really, really going to help. And the same thing for like content collection, you could say, if we send you what we need and you don't give it to us within a two week window or whatever it is, it doesn't mean that the contract isn't void or, or isn't going to move forward, but maybe it's like you're bumped back to the list. You're in the back of the list now. And uh, maybe after a certain time you have a percentage that gets applied to like a late fee, basically all of those things you can have in place. And that will help you avoid complaining about them. Because if you complain about your clients, but don't change anything or don't, you know, adjust your system, guess what, friends? It's not going to get any better. It's just going to start replicating. So you got to make these changes. Let's recap these real quick. Number one, set communication boundaries, ideally in your contract, definitely in your contract. This is something I have in my business course. Communication boundaries are in your contract. Make somebody sign off on that. That way they adhere to them. And then obviously in your um, onboarding process as well, because they're not going to read the entire contract usually. So when you get started, let them know, here's how we communicate. This is when we do it. Number two, empower your clients with the what, when, and how when it comes to content collection, project management, revisions, et cetera. And number three, work on funneling your best type of clients. You could do this again with messaging, with design, with style. All those things will come into play. Um, head back to the past couple of episodes in the podcast, which will help you out with that. And then finally, the bonus tip is to expect struggles like this and templatize your responses, automate those things. That way you don't even think about it. It's not even a problem. It just, I know it's going to happen. Like I know with my web design club, I know I'm going to have failed payments and I, not everyone who has a failed payment did that maliciously or intentionally. It was just like their credit card expired or, or whatever. Like it's not a problem, but I have to be prepared for that. And I recommend that you do the same. So there we go, friends. I hope you enjoyed this one. I'm getting over a cold with the family. So I probably sound a little off today. And that is certainly the case, but I posted that on social media recently. And I was like, man, that really, I hit a, I hit a nerve with this. I hit a chord. And again, last point on this is I understand why you complain in one event. I was there myself, but I want to encourage you not to do that, especially publicly. If you need to vent, have a group of like dedicated web designer friends that you can talk this stuff through with. Don't do it publicly in a forum where it's just going to spread other negativity and get other designers to like, yeah, clients, stupid clients. That's just not good for anybody. I truly believe we should be thankful for our clients as I'm thankful for you because I have a business and I'm able to be at home with my family and 
you know, do all the things with my daughter that she's going through right now and, and provide for my little baby who's awesome and chubby and adorable because of you. So I am thankful for you. I want to encourage you to be thankful for your clients. Let's stop the bitching. Let's stop the complaining and uh, replace that with gratitude and thankfulness. I think it's probably a good thought to end this one. So I hope you enjoyed it. Thanks again for tuning in. Go to joshhall.co slash 237 for all the links in the show notes. If you want to see that post I mentioned, uh, ideally head over to Instagram. I'm most active there. Instagram at joshhallco. So I'll see you over there or on Facebook at joshhallco as well. And until next time, I'll see you on the next episode, guys. Cheers. Hey, friends, it's Josh here. I just wanted to mention a couple quick things before you head out. First off, if you've been enjoying the show, please consider leaving a podcast review. I personally read all the podcast reviews. I love hearing your thoughts and feedback on the show. And it also really helps grow this podcast. You can do that easily if you go to joshhall.co slash podcast review, and you can leave a review wherever you listen to the show. And then I also wanted to make sure you know that for all the extras on every one of these podcast episodes, you can go to joshhall.co slash podcast. We have a post there for every episode, which includes full transcriptions, timestamps, and all the links and resources that we mentioned. So just go to joshhall.co slash podcast for all the extra goodies. Thanks so much for tuning in and I'll catch you on the next episode.